Awesome. Why don't you come up? Thank you, Father. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. We just thank you, Father, for uh, just for this wonderful, uh, for this wonderful woman of God. We thank you, Lord, for uh, for Ron and for uh, for her children as well. Lord, we just pray a blessing, protection over their household. Uh, as as Jen ministers here, Lord, we just thank you for the covering and protection over them. Uh, Father, we just pray a blessing over her, Lord. We just thank you for freedom, for clarity, Lord. Uh, we just thank you that the anointing is upon her, Lord, uh, that you've given her authority, Father, and you thank you for the authority that she carries in this nation, Lord, for breakthrough, for healing, for transformation. Thank you, Lord. And we just open our hearts to receive what you have to say this morning, Holy Spirit, through Jim. We bless her in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. I'm going to keep praying for just a minute here. Just stand back up, okay? Lord, we just thank you for what you're doing in and through this house, God. Lord, we just thank you for the momentum that is here in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we just take authority over any momentum killers. Lord, we destroy them in the name of the Lord. And we just thank you, Lord, that the river is going smoothly. It is, it is running smoothly in and through this place and that the river is getting bigger. Uh, the river is getting stronger. And, the, and wherever that river flows, there is life. And so, Lord, we just thank you for life, Lord. We thank you, Lord, uh, uh, for, for life, <laughs> just life, Lord, uh, people coming back to life, marriages coming back to life, Lord, people who are hopeless coming back to life. We see resurrection power in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for resurrection life, Lord, and that either there is fish and teeming with fish and people, Lord, we just thank you for salvations, Lord, people we never thought possible, Lord, coming and turning to you in the name of Jesus Christ. We thank you. Lord, uh, Lord, for the winds, Lord, the winds of favor, Lord, for extreme favor on this place, Lord, Lord, in the community and beyond and across the nations, in the name of Jesus Christ. Can we hear an amen? Amen. amen. You can be seated. All right. I'm so glad to be back. Wow. Um, I, this, is, this has always uh, been a place where I get so much book content. <laughs> I really, really, it's, it's when you're a writer, like you need content that's like true. <laughs> you know, and so it, it actually has been just such a blessing for me, and I'm glad to be back with all of you. Is there anybody here that I, that this is the first time you've been in a meeting that I have ministered in? Uh, just raise your hand. Who's first time for me? Well, it's a lot of you here. I'm, I'm glad to have you here. Thank you for coming. This is amazing. So I'd like to get to know, know you a little bit better. Hopefully we can connect a little bit more today and over the day. Um, and so I just came back from, or came back, came over from, I don't, where am I in the world? <laughs> All right. Uh, I am from, you know, sunny California. We're entering our summer, and it's awesome. You guys are entering your winter, and I, I'm just like, oh, you know, it's cold. <laughs> and, and, but anyway, um, I came over from uh, Newcastle, from Sydney side, and we had a, just a very interesting turn of events. I'm just going to give you a snapshot of it, because I think it, it probably lays a little bit of foundation for what I want to get into today although I, I don't feel it's going to be quite the same thing. And so I was over in Newcastle, and, um, you know, right before the last service, the Holy Spirit just threw something in my heart. Have you ever had that happen before? Where just all of a sudden you just, you get like a direction or instruction from the Holy Spirit. It kind of came out of nowhere, but in the moment it makes sense. 
You, you know what I'm saying? Okay, so, you know, on that, I knew it was the Holy Spirit. And I knew all the principles, so I didn't have to search it out. Sometimes we don't know all the principles scripturally, and we have to do a little research. But I did know them. And so I went in there, and I started, you know, just sharing some stories about land deliverance. I do a lot of land deliverance for whatever reason. I found that a lot of things that um, the Lord will will... Uh, redeem things in our timelines. He'll redeem things in our story. You may not even know quite yet what it's connected to, and that was pretty much what it was with me. I figured it out along the way, but I do a lot of land redemption. Um, part of my history is I have a Masonic background. I do a lot of land claiming, and, you know, I was already doing land redemption, meaning that if there was territorial spirits, Ephesians 6 talks about that. You know, the Apostle Paul, he actually would encounter territorial spirits along his journeys. He talked about that. It's not abnormal, but we do have authority. Uh, you know, we don't have to get all caught up in it and under it, but we do have authority. But you will deal with it. And, and so we, you know, we, we would have that in our city and different places that I minister. I would, I would encounter that. And so I was sharing a few war stories. You know what I'm saying? You know, those warrior stories when, you know, the Lord gave you victory over somebody, over something, some entity, and you saw the fruit of it. And we had some of those war stories back home. So I was, I was sharing that. And then I was also sharing about, um, you know, uh, land dynamics, which I understand. Uh, we, we pray Second Chronicles 7.14 a lot. You know, if my people call by my name, will will uh, you know, turn from their wicked, wicked ways, seek my face, you know, and on and on. You know, and the Lord says, I'll forgive and I'll heal their land. You know, we always forget that part. We, we stop at forgiveness and we forget, he says, I'll heal their land. And never questioning what does healed land look like. And healed land, well, what it looks like is, you know, it's not underwater. It's not on fire. Um, it's not being ravished by earthquakes. You know, it actually produces an economy for you. And so that's what healed land looks like. And when there's a disruption to that, we see a disruption to the flow of blessing that God intended that land to produce for, for the inhabitants. And so, you know, um, and that's how you know when you've done your work, you know, the land begins to do what it's supposed to do. And then, you know, I started talking about, you know, when there's a, about iniquity, um, explaining, I don't think I even got to the teaching, but the difference between uh, sin, transgression, and iniquity, sin is when I miss the mark, um, transgression is when I um, cross a boundary, uh, iniquity is when I, is again about sin, is when I um, uh, premeditated it and did it on purpose, you know, and so that's iniquity. Iniquity actually gets into your bloodline and it actually affects the ground. It affects the land. The land will, will vomit out its inhabitants because of the iniquity of the people. You know, we see, see those scriptures. And so I was sharing about, you know, back in the, in the States about Native Americans. And I said, you know, we have a lot of iniquity in the land because of the wrongs we did with the Native Americans. And we, we would, uh, you know, government would steal their land. It's kind of old stuff, but, but when it, you know, when wrongs are not made right, they're not made right, okay? Iniquity stays in the land. And, you know, and you, you just see elements of that in the Bible, you know, uh, uh, Abel's blood would cry out from the ground, you know, and just, you see, you see little things that clues like that in the Bible. And so I was sharing about when I would go preach at churches that, um, uh, you know, that was a situation, they were on property that was stolen from Native Americans. And, and I would literally get sick. I would get physically sick, and it was always the same narrative. This property used to belong to Native Americans, but through 
some sort of weird tax thing, you know, the government stole it from them. And, and I said, yeah, I said, every time I get on property like that, I get very physically ill. And so I usually have, I have to do some prayer work personally, but I'm, it's not my property. I, I can't like fix it. The property owners need to go and fix it. Um, but nevertheless, I was sharing with that about that. And then I started, um, you know, and I was just doing what the Holy Spirit was telling me to do. And I, I was talking about, you know, the importance of First Nations people. And this isn't my message today, um, but it, it will lay the foundation. And I was talking about the importance of First Nations people and, you know, that every First Nations person, you know, there's a blessing on them just naturally because they were there first. And they, they open things in the land and they, they carry a certain kind of authority that the Lord honors. Unfortunately, most First Nations people don't know Jesus, and so they let in the wrong stuff. And then the iniquity starts to build, and then they lose uh, authority over their land. It's kind of the same cycle every single time. But nevertheless, uh, even though they, there's cr- uh, conditions created to lose your land, uh, the way it's taken still matters as well. <laughs> you know, like God still counts that as well and, and looks at that. And so I just invited the, you know, whoever was indigenous, you know, to come up front. And there was, you know, less than a dozen, I think, that came up front. And I felt led to, to um, do a, like an actual financial offering for them, not because they needed it. It just felt like that was a, something that needed to be done, like honor. And so we, we took up this offering and we did kind of a reconciliation prayer. And I, and I remember uh, when I said this, I said, um, do you receive, uh, you know, I had Chantel do kind of a prayer of repentance. I said, do, do you receive uh, uh, this, re- this prayer of repentance? And they all said, yes, 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 yes. Okay, so the moment that happened, the power of God fell in the room <laughs> and this travail and this like deliverance began to happen, like without trying. I mean, it was crazy. Because the thing is, sick land, sick people. It's connected. It's connected. Sick land, sick people. That's why our land has to be healed for a lot of reasons. And so, um, you know, and, and so the deliverance started happening. And, you know, it was just, it was, it was brutal. It was gross, you know. It was gr- gruesome. But, but it started happening automatically. When iniquity was broken, and it's funny how God's people are impacted by this. They they didn't do anything. They're not necessarily a part of the, you know, part of the original problem, but it's affecting them. You know, when things don't respond, you know, to prayer, when things things aren't responding, sometimes we have to kind of take a little detour and say, well, maybe it's coming from another place. You know, maybe we need to look at more of a, a land dynamic and which brings us to the, a need to understand um, covenant. We need to understand that word, <laughs> how God established it. We, we've got to understand these things because when we don't understand these things, um, we we don't we don't engage properly. Um, we miss out on some some prayer victories. We we miss out on some stuff when we don't understand this, and we end up being bound to things that that God never intended for us to be bound to. You know, He didn't author it, but it's affecting our lives, and so we need to understand it. Um, you know, and so I, I, I want to start out with this prophetic word first, just to kind of set you up on a high here. You know, <laughs> and and um, this is probably one of the most pr- profound prophetic words that the Lord gave to me personally that I have felt that I could be that I am blessed to be a blessing so I can I can like release it you know what I'm saying and it's uh, it's this and it's all based in scripture and I'll give you those scriptures but it's double honor for your shame I want to 
you know, just on your notes, just mark it, double blessing. Um, and, and this is for paradox as a whole. Uh, double honor for your shame, double possessions for what was stolen, a double portion anointing, and twice as much as before. And I'll say that again. Double honor for your shame, double possessions for what was stolen, a double portion anointing, and twice as much as before. Now, I'm, I'm giving this to you, but we're talking the the... The context is in the context of covenant, okay? Um, and this whole thing about the Lord giving us double, Isaiah 61, 7, instead of shame, you shall have double honor. Uh, therefore, as the, therefore, in their land, they shall possess double. Zechariah 9, 12, you probably know this. Return to the stronghold, you prisoners of hope. Even today, I declare that I will restore double to you. Everybody say double. Uh, Job 42, 10. Um, and I'm just reading portions of these. The Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. And this is on, on the heels of him praying for his, his gnarly friends. Um, 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 9. Um, you know, Elisha said, please let a double portion of your spirit be upon me. And, you know, and he, he was really uh, in the context of that covenant relationship. He said, let, let me have double. Let me have double, okay? And so he had a covenant relationship, and, and he was able to, uh, that was able to happen for him. Now, when we talk about double, okay, this double blessing, double honor, uh, double portion, double anointing, when we talk about it, you know, and we see these concepts, you know, this isn't like a wish, um, it's not a hope. It's not a maybe or, you know, hype or anything like that. I hate it when people take these, these concepts and they just kind of use it as a, as a, you know, a hype, you know, to bring false hope, but they don't, they don't know how to undergird it. Okay. And so that's not what I'm talking about, but really, if you think of it, if you back it up with this word covenant, you understand this word covenant. All right. You will begin to see how, how you, you know, the Lord is preparing each and every one of us a, a, a recompense. Each and every one of us, he's preparing a recompense. You know, he, he uh, does not discount and ignore the things that have happened to you. Okay? He doesn't. Okay? There's a, there's a recompense. Like this girl right here. I don't, I don't know you. I have no idea who you are. I, have, I don't know your story. I don't know your name. I'm looking at you right here. And um, I see you, your narrative showing up in a book. Okay, I see I see the storyline and I see that somebody is going to take your narrative and use it as an illustration of victory in a book. So get ready for your story to go somewhere. Okay, so I want you to know that uh, because the Lord, he, he doesn't forget. He doesn't ignore it. You know, those kind of things. All right. <clears throat> so everybody say double. double. And everybody say covenant. Now, the way I learned covenant, you might have learned it a different way. The way I learned the definition that I was taught was it means to cut where blood flows or the cut where blood flows, okay? To cut where blood, where blood flows or the cut where blood flows. You know, you get, you get the picture, okay? So it's basically talking about a cut where there's blood, all right? So covenant. So think of, think of a cut where blood flows. And covenant is the strongest agreement in any language. I mean, it's like, it's, it's a contract, it's an agreement, it's made between uh, two parties. And, you know, and really like in more like tribal, ancient ways, uh, it was sealed by the shedding of blood. And once this was done, the covenant could never be broken. Never. 
All right, it's a really serious thing. And so we look at, you know, Jesus, he's talking to, to people. Um, John six fifty three. truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. And he said that and freaked everybody out. Okay, even though that was not, uh, that was not a practice that, that was um, not unknown. It was just, he was... The way he was presenting it, they just didn't, it was really, really offensive and shocking in that moment. But the disciples later on, they begin to understand. Uh, Luke 22, 19 and 20, and he took bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it. He gave it to them saying, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Likewise, the cup after they had eaten, saying, this cup is poured out for you, is a new covenant in my blood. So he's talking about these concepts, you know, the cup where blood flows, covenant, okay? And he, he's inviting them in. He's giving them symbols, you know, things that are, that are symbolic of what he is inviting them into, what kind of arrangement, what kind of agreement he is inviting them into, okay? So, so again, back to covenant. And under, I just want to give you kind of like a, histor- a quick historical understanding of, of how people viewed this practice. Um, I'm not saying that this is what we should do. I, please don't do this, you know. Uh, but I want you to understand it because, because this is something that people have understood for like centuries. And that's because something about it originated first in God, okay? Uh, it degenerated into these cultures. But, you know, for example, going back to in America, Native Americans and even the early white settlers, they would become blood brothers. I mean, that was very, very common. And they would just make the incisions and they mix the blood. And then, you know, they put like, um, back then they would put soot in it, you know, so you'd have like the mark, a marking of the covenant. And basically, if you're walking around town or wherever and somebody was going to mess with you um, but they saw they saw the the incision they saw the mark they knew they weren't messing with you but they're messing with you and whoever that incision was with okay it was like an automatic there's an automatic thinking uh that that way okay and then um i in like i was reading you know from some books it's funny like this book this book or this pamphlet was from like the late or early 1900s from this guy, H. Clay Trumbull. And he had wrote, like, he was writing about the blood covenant of Jesus, but he was talking about all of these societies that had this practice in different degenerated ways. And he was talking about, like, you know, it was the same thing over and over again, where, you know, there was always, like, they would get into covenant each other, and there was always the shedding of blood. There was a cut. There was, there was an exchange. There was a proclamation of blessing, and there was a proclamation of cursing if you break the covenant. And then these, uh, this one explorer, Dr. Stanley, he was, you know, the only way he got through Africa was that he had to do a blood covenant right with all of the African tribes because there was no way he can get through it without, uh, you know, without the protection of those of the blood covenant. And, and if he didn't have that blood covenant with them, they would kill him cannibalize him, kill him, whatever. And so he's, you know, he, the, the his history says he did it like about 50 times just so he can survive the terrain. Okay, it's crazy. And one of the, they actually wrote down one of the, um, you know, they bring in a, like a priest, priest, the tribal priest, they bring in the priest, they do the blood, you know, exchange. And, you know, they proclaim, you know, the terms of the agreement, but then listen to the curse that they proclaim. This is one they wrote down. 
And this is the curse. If anybody broke the covenant, it says, if either of you break this brotherhood now established between you, may the lion devour him, the serpent poison him, bitterness be in his food, his friends desert him, his gun burst in his hands. I thought that was funny. His gun burst in his hands and wound him until death. All right. And so, so basically, in that time frame, when these, you know, these, they're, they're writing these up in these pamphlets and history and just making note of what they were doing. And they said, was, as far as Africa was concerned, that they did not know ever of any of these covenants being broken. Ever. And if by chance it was, somebody in the family, somebody would kill you instantly. It was like the, the only way to, if you broke it, it was automatic death. Really, like, I mean, ser- serious things. So, so the premise, of what, when I was reading this, the premise was that this all came from somewhere. <laughs> Somebody originated this idea of covenant, the strength of it, maybe not the manner that it degenerated it to, but there was something about this that they understood, uh, you know, through history, and it came from somewhere, and they believed it came be- when, when God began to cut covenant with the Israelites, with Abram, starting with Abram, okay? And so God enters covenant with Abram, okay? And we read about that, and, you know, he encounters him, uh, you know, Genesis 12, and he, he's telling him, leave your country, and he's saying, I'm going to make you a great nation. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to make you famous. You're going to be a blessing. I'll bless those who bless you, those who curse you, I'll curse. All the families of the earth will be blessed through you. You know, and he's talking to Abram. He's starting to set the terms, of the covenant, okay? And I think around uh, verse 15, there's uh, uh, an animal sacrifice. And then, you know, around verse 17, God's, God's reiterating it again. You know, walk before me, be blameless. You know, he's basically starting to set the terms uh, that I may make my covenant between me and you and may multiply you greatly, uh, Genesis 17, verse 7. And I'll establish my covenant between me and you. This is important. Me and you and your offspring after you throughout the generations for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and your offspring after you. And there's always some sort of exchange. There's always some sort of sign, some sort of incision. And Abram got the, the sign of circumcision. Okay? So, so these things were being laid out by God. They're being laid out by God, you know, and, and it wasn't just for Abram. It was a covenant, and he entered in. That meant everything Abram had belonged to the Lord, everything. If God wanted him to sacrifice a son, then the son is up for offer because they're in covenant, all right? And, and everything God had, you know, all of his strengths, everything Abram had access to, the understanding it was not to be taken advantage of or used for selfish agendas. It was an understanding there, you know, and that was, again, even in, in future more g- degenerated um, uh, forms of this, there was an understanding that you don't take advantage of your covenant brother. But at the same time, you see that, that it was for, for the person, it was for everybody after them and everybody who blessed them. <laughs> Isn't that powerful? Isn't that powerful? Okay. You know, and so, so then, you know, we see the New Testament go, uh, the Old Testament go to the New Testament. The Old Testament had to be broken through what? Every time you break a covenant, somebody has to die. In order to get a new covenant, we had to break the old one. Somebody had to die. Jesus died. 
And then we get to re-enter into a better covenant. We now get to re-enter. There was a cut. There was incision. There's a cut where blood flows. Okay. And then we see what's interesting is this, this, the blessing upon, upon not only you who enters into covenant with Jesus by giving your life to him, your whole life to, to him, not part of your life, not the most convenient part of your life, all of your life, whatever he asks you of, you give, him to, give it to him because he gives you everything. He gives you his protection. He gives you prosperity. He gives you everything. Every blessing you have comes from God because you're in covenant with God. Okay. And when we begin to understand this, we be, our prayers change. We start to say, based on the covenant, okay, you know, these gaps got to close. And so, so we see, you know, for example, Acts 16, 31, believe on the Lord Jesus, you and your household, okay? And, and it talks about you and your household getting saved, that if you're a believer in Jesus, there's a blessing that falls on you and your household. Consider your entire household saved. It's just a matter of time. Talks about 1 Corinthians 7.14. For the unbelieving husband is made holy because of his wife. And the unbelieving wife is made holy because of her husband. Understood as believing husband. Otherwise, your children would be unclean. But as it is, they are holy. That this blessing of holiness comes on the whole family even though... One spouse isn't saved. You know, we're always freaking out, you know, about the demons that are coming through the unbelieving spouse. Okay, no, no, no. He, they need to be concerned about the holiness coming off of you. <laughs> All right. All right, so, so again, back to the terms, back to the terms. And, try, oh, good, we got, okay, I'm making good time. All right. <laughs> Back to these terms, you know, and, and you look back in like, I don't know, back in Deuteronomy, you know, I'm not trying to get legalistic or anything like that and, and get, but, but it's just interesting to think, to understand about what broke covenant, what really broke covenant, okay? And what was it? It was idolatry. And it was, you know, when I was in, where was I? Bangkok, China, different places. It's interesting what idolatry looked like in those, in those cultures. Maybe some of you have experienced it. We don't see it so much here. Um, maybe, but, but literally, there's a shrine, like, on every corner, in front of every house, in front of every business. There's a shrine. Uh, big ones, big, uh, you know, I remember in, in Bangkok, they're on the streets. They have these major, major idols. I mean, they're, they're idols, you know. In China... You go into these temples, and the idols would be, like, huge. And they look like demons, and people are worshiping these idols and everything. And the Israelites, they participated in this. And something that the Lord would say to them through his prophets, and this was the issue that they were constantly having. We know the story. The issue they were constantly having was that, that um, you know, God considered himself married to Israel. He considers that, like, the covenant was like a covenant of marriage. That was one aspect of it. It was a covenant of marriage, and yet the Israelites were constantly going off to these other deities and wanting to come back to God for the blessing, too. And, and so, you know, and the Lord would, would use these terms uh, on them. He would say, you know, your, your prostitution, your fornication. And maybe that was in, in the physical sense, but it was, it was also about the idolatry because the Lord considered him, himself married to them. So going off with a deity 
was considered cheating. Okay? And this is why, you know, you see the wrath of God. It's like, like a jealous husband. Okay, what would you do if your spouse was cheating on you all the time? I mean, you know, first the teeth would get knocked out, then... Okay, and it just goes on and on and on. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, and so, so you, you see this attitude, you see this attitude in, in the Lord, and, you know, um, you know and you, in thinking about those terms, and so, so a lot of this, you know, understanding, it really, I, I believe the New Testament church, New Testament believers, the Jew, Jewish believers who, uh, you know, who became Christians, they understood that, that concept, you know, and you see things like John being the bridegroom, uh, you see the first miracle of Jesus at the wedding, you know, you see the new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven, like, you know, adorned like a bride, you know, and, and, and um, on and on. And then you see this, you see um, some some interesting things with the fall of Babylon in Revelation 17, 18. And, you know, the, the sin that brings her to destruction. You know, the Lord died for the nations, right? You know, he really wants to have covenant with all the nations. But we see, you know, this reference point to Babylon. And, you know, just, you know, describing the idolatry as adultery and, and the judgment on them. But one of the, the judgments you know, you kind of have to correlate it with Jeremiah. One of the judgments is that the voice of the bridegroom and the bride are not hurting you again. Okay, because something about symbol and reality are really related. Okay, that's why I'm talking to you. Like things that, that when we break covenant with God, when, when we break covenants with each other, the land begins to be impacted. It doesn't do things for you that it's supposed to. Things begin to disappear. Blessings begin to disappear. And one is the voice of the bride and bridegroom. Have you noticed the challenge to marriage? You know, have you noticed the challenge to genders and all of this kind of stuff? I, I have a tendency to think that is the, the symbol being, being erased in our societies because, we, because of, you know, just not understanding how to be in covenant with God. And so we see that, that covenants are really important. If we want to live out this double blessing, you know, and everything I read to you, you know, it, it's like there is these promises like you can, you can enter into the double blessing of the Lord, everything that's happened to you, okay? I'm, I'm like complete living proof of this, you know, of being able to live out the blessing of the Lord and like tremendous recompense. And I understand like covenants and, and blood sacrifices. I, I, I have, um, for, unfortunately, I have a pretty intimate understanding of this in a negative sense because I have such a deep occult history, a lot of which didn't come out until I was like 47 years old. Like my memories were uh, literally, um, I just couldn't remember everything that happened to me. And then they all came back. Does that make any sense to you? Does that make sense? Okay. All right. So, so anyway, uh, you know, and remembering, you know, how important blood covenant was and blood sacrifice was and how, why there was so much uh, emphasis attached to those kind of things. Because these cultures, these religions, occultism, modern day Satanism understands the power of the blood. They understand it in a nefarious sense, in a negative sense. They understand it and they do gain some sort of power uh, through these kind of ritualistic you know, things that are done, then they're still done today. Um, but, but understand that, that 
Jesus' blood speaks better. Okay? Okay? That the power of his blood is speaking to us. Now, for some of us, you know, I'm talking about this double blessing because I feel like the, the Lord wants to, wants to engage this. Uh, not that he hasn't been, but he wants you to, to, has, has to engage it with understanding. A lot of times when we don't have the teaching underneath us, we don't know how to walk into something. When we don't understand covenant and how to go to the Lord, it's not a legalistic thing. It's just, you know, I've given all of my life to him. And he's given everything to me. And there's, I have expectations. He has expectations of me. I have expectations of him. And I'm not afraid to say it, you know, because uh, we're in relationship. And, you know, one of them has been this double blessing that, Lord, I am going to see a recompense. I am going to see a justice. I am going to see, you know, a change in my family. I am going to see generations know uh, the Lord after me and be on fire and be equipped for him. You know, I, I'm never going to see poverty. I'm never going to see, uh, you know, these, these uh, plagues and diseases in my life. I'm not going to see because I know my covenant. I know what he paid the price for. I know what Jesus died for. And, and when we begin to grab hold of that, we stop, uh, um, we stop taking no for an answer. We start to walk out in victory because, you know, it's, it's by, by faith you lay hold of these things. Okay, what you really, really believe in here, that's the way your life is going to go. And we can see exactly what you believe. You know, at a certain point in life, you know, it begins to display itself what we truly believe. And so this double blessing, this double blessing, okay, is something I, I, I was like walking in here and, and I was like, I'm coming in here twice in a short period of time, which I thought was a miracle, you know, and I'm like, okay, I feel like double blessing, double blessing, but I've got to help them know how to step in, how to step in. All right. And so when you think about everything you've been redeemed from, I'll, I'll listen to, you, you know, we could just, we could just, you know, from Deuteronomy 28. Okay. What are you redeemed from? That was the blessings and the curse. If you are, if you obey the Lord, you know, all these blessings come upon you. And if you don't obey the Lord, all these curses come upon you. That was, you know, what he's telling the Israelites, you know, he's laying out the terms Okay, as we've seen the pattern, that's how the pattern is. He's laying out the terms and saying, you know, this will happen uh, for you. But these are the things that you have been redeemed from. And I want you to pay attention to them. This is old, this is old covenant. And we are in a better covenant. All right, these are the things you are redeemed from. I'll, I'll listen here for you. Is sickness and prolonged sickness. You're redeemed from it. Okay, by his straps you were healed. All right, you are redeemed from plagues. Redeemed from it. I know we had a massive pandemic plague go around. You're redeemed from it. You're redeemed from early death. Redeemed from it. Some of you are afraid of dying. Like the fear of death is like huge in your life. You're redeemed from it. It's broken. You're going to live out your days. Okay. You're redeemed from helplessness. Okay. You're not without help. You're redeemed from destruction. Redeemed. Okay? And this challenges us because, because we start looking at our lives. And as I read this list, you're going to start going, hey, wait a minute. That doesn't line up. That doesn't line up. That doesn't line up. Okay? But until you know, you can't, you can't take it to the throne. Right? Okay, so you're redeemed from 
Madness. <laughs> All right. You're redeemed from confusion. I'm not confused. I know who I am. I know my gender. I know. Okay. I'm not confused. I'm redeemed from blindness. That's physical and internal. Thank God. Okay. I'm redeemed from poverty. Okay. That's huge. Because, you know, the challenge is, um, uh, you know, I used to preach this message called um, moving past zero. You know, because you know, we're blessed to be a blessing. How can you bless anybody if you only have zero? <laughs> All right. Poverty. Uh, redeemed from being consumed. Uh, redeemed from debt. Redeemed from drought. You know, I, I knew this like intimately, this whole drought one. We had a drought come into our uh, area of California for, I mean, that was like going on seven years. It was just dumb. Um, I might be exaggerating. It was like four, but it was long. I just know that it, it was like not politically correct to have a green lawn, you know? So really, you had to like make sure there's a little bit of brown in it. Otherwise, you know, people would look at you funny. Um, <laughs> and so... So anyway, um, I don't know. I don't know how I knew to do it. I think it was from the Holy Spirit because it worked. Um, but I remember I had a prophetic gathering. And, you know, first of all, the Lord started speaking to me. And he started telling me. I literally got the word in, in Carmel, California. How appropriate, right? Carmel. Like Mount Carmel, Elijah. Uh, but I got it. And the Lord told me the drought was over. And, like, rain started coming. But we still need a lot more. Um, but it was, it was like, uh, I know our rain seasons. And it wasn't rain seasons. And we gathered together as a prophetic, um, prophetic group. It was one of my conferences. It was all prophets and prophetic people. And all it was is I said, I need you to make rain sounds. Just make rain sounds. And so they were like this. Use the drums and stuff like that. I said, just make rain sounds. Just make rain sounds. Okay. And um, within like two days, like it flooded in Turlock, which never floods. You know, the rain came down and it flooded, you know, and because, but I knew we were redeemed from drought. Okay. So however way you get there. Okay. That's what I felt we we're supposed to do at the time. Um, but we're redeemed from drought. Okay. You don't, you don't have to have a physical drought. You don't have to have a personal drought. Okay. Redeemed from drought. Um, and we're re redeemed from defeat. I'm just going right out of Deuteronomy 28 and we have a better covenant. We're redeemed from defeat. You don't have to be defeated, okay? Some of you are feeling defeated in the room. You don't, uh, that you're redeemed from that. You're redeemed from weakness. Some of you are dealing with uh, like, a, like a, they have medical diagnosis for every single thing, all right? Uh, fibromyalgia, whatever you want to call it, you know, no energy, no spunk, no life, all right? You're redeemed from that. You're redeemed from that. You know, I tell people all the time, get up and run. Get up and walk, you know, uh, uh, you know like literally push that thing off of you. And so uh, you're redeemed from it. You're redeemed from low position. That's an interesting thing because a lot of times we glory in hiddenness. You know, we glory in it because then I don't have responsibility. It's safer, you know, to be a back row hider. You know, it's safer in that place. I'm redeemed from, it. I'm redeemed from no safety. 
That was probably my biggest challenging point of redemption, learning that God is my safety. God is my protector. Okay, because when you, you grow up never feeling that, you have to really work hard on that. God is my safety. How many have dealt with that? I've dealt with that so hard. Yeah. All right. Um, uh, redeemed from being scattered. <laughs> okay. That means as like a family unit, also from being scattered internally, scattered and shattered. Okay. The Lord knows where all your pieces are and he puts them back together. All right. Uh, you're redeemed from, I got like three more. Uh, redeemed from broken family. Redeemed from it. Okay. We redeem from it. Call them back home. Call them back in. Okay? Call them back in. You're redeemed from infertility. And you're redeemed from being unwanted. I think those are the most powerful points to understand that because there's covenant, because there was a cut where blood flows, Jesus, you know, died on the cross, you know, we're talking about that, 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 that we can step into a double blessing, knowing that all of that belongs to me. But at the same time, all of you belongs to him. All of you. That means whatever he asks you, whatever he calls you to do. You know, and it's interesting, the personal journeys that we all have are, I mean, it, have you found that God is very personal? Like, like he gets in your stuff. You know, like he really does. And, you know, he gets in there and he begins to like tell you to do things that require a bravery that you, you're like, you know, it's, it's like it's really, really hard for me to do that. It's really, really hard for me to talk about that. Or it's really, really hard for me to put that content in a book. Okay, because I'm a book writer. Okay, it's really, really hard. It's like, a, it's like a death. I feel like I'm dying. And yet the Lord, he gives you all of his stuff, but he requires all of your stuff. And I really wanted to, to talk to you today that there's a double blessing waiting for you. I know that it, in any room, in any room, there are stories. There are stories of loss. There are stories of, you know, hideous abuse. Stories of, uh, you know, the, I don't know, where, where people did you wrong, okay? These kind of things. In any room, there's going to be these crazy stories. Oh, my God, jaw-dropping stories. Can't believe this happened to me. That kind of stuff, all right? There's going to be these kind of things. And yet the Lord is saying, I have a recompense for you. It is a, it is a double blessing. Look historically what I've done with people before. You know, he's showing you by these stories. Like Job is a great example. You know, and he got into this battle. And, you know, it was between Satan and God over his heart of all things. You know, he just like didn't know what was going on. Some of you don't know what the battle was over. And it was over your heart. He had no idea what was going on. But there was a battle over your life. And so, so... You know, and, and so he's inviting us into this double blessing, this recompense, but he's saying, let, but we have to talk about this covenant. It's not like I'm going to bless you so you can do whatever you want. You know, you're not like a free agent. Like this is, this is like the tightest partnership you can ever, ever imagine. Okay. It's the best. It's awesome. It's crazy good. This, you know, really, you know, when, when, God starts talking in terms of intimacy and so, so close to your heart. Like, you know, just, I mean, it's, it's just incredible. And yet at the same time, so many of us, we don't know how to give all of ourselves to him. Like, we don't quite know how, or we hold things back, you know, because we think that we can, like I can do a little of this on the weekends, you know, or during the week and then I'll do my Sunday thing. And, 
you know, I'll, I'll serve before the people because, you know, then I, I get my kudos and, you know, I get my checkpoints and then I'm going to do whatever I want and I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to live life the way I want to. And, and today I feel like I needed to bring with you a challenge because I feel like he wants to wake some things up tonight, but we got to put all of this down on the ground. All right? All this down on the ground. So when I'm talking to you to today, you know, this is probably this point where we, wanna, we really want to start talking about where are we at with this covenant? Am I half in? Am I a quarter in? Am I all in as far as I know? You know, as far as I know, a lot of it is like the, the, the Holy Spirit takes us each on a personal journey. But, but you know, to really say, um, uh, he, he, you can't be half in. Things up ahead, things on the horizon. You know, we saw everything that happened during pandemic. Okay, all the people that quit going to church because they weren't all in. <laughs> you know, they weren't all in. They, they broke off from the body of Christ. They broke off from, from Christ. Okay, so you're here. God bless you. <laughs> all right. All right. But am I all in? Am I 100%? Because there's some covenants that, that um, uh, it's his covenant, but there's some other covenants that the Lord wants to break off of you that are still at play, that need to be broken off of you. And there's some things he wants you to enter into in regards to him. Okay? So if you need to make a, like a 100% commitment this morning, I just want you to just freely stand. You know, 100%, I'm all in kind of commitment if you're like i'm there okay if you're if you're like i'm all there okay you're going to be part of I, I guess the intercession right now but if you need to do that i'm going to invite you to stand because we're going to pray together let's just go all in okay let's go all in if there are parts don't be afraid don't be afraid to to just say hey i i'm not 100 percent in I, I i want to be um you know and and this today helps me to understand this helps me to understand i want to be all in Okay, and that's okay. We're just going to do this. And this is really, really important. I mean, yeah, this would be great. Thank you. All in. All right. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. And if, if you're like, no, I'm, I'm, I am there, and I'm not asking you to stand up just for, to make me feel good. Okay, this is like, if you are, you are. If you aren't, you're not. Okay, so this is kind of a truth-telling moment. All right, so, so this is what I want, want you to do. I want you... To just begin to do a 100% prayer of yourself, of your heart, of your life to the Lord right now. Just wherever you're at. I said, Jesus, right now, I am surrendering 100%. I'm, I'm closing all the gaps in my heart. I know I stand here forgiven. I know I stand here loved. But there's some things on my end that I want to bring to you. You know, we talked about being redeemed from no safety. It's kind of like when you're your own safety. I'm going to take that to the Lord. Okay? Um, when I, I don't let the Lord have his hand on me financially, and I'm doing it. Well, I'm going to give that to the Lord. When I'm doing things that God didn't author to feel wanted, well, God, well, I'm going to bring that to the Lord. Okay, because those are all the points of redemption that I don't have to do anymore. I don't have to do it. 
I feel like the Lord just really wants to minister to your heart right now. Like, hey, you don't have to do that thing anymore. You don't have to make your own way there in that place anymore. That he's going to take the wheel right now. He's going to take it and he's going to begin to author. He's going to begin to author a whole new thing in your life. Amen, 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 amen. The power of God is on you, girl in the orange. The power of God is on you. Lord, I just thank you for what you're doing in her life, what you're doing in her. And he's got your mind. He's got everything in there. And that you can trust him to meet every single need. You can trust him for the days ahead. And now he's really authoring a, a sense of fresh trust in you. And that you can be at peace. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for her life. Thank you for her life. Thank you for her life. Come build it up a little bit. here are struggling with a lot of like mental confusion right now can you just raise your hand just say hey that's a, that's an issue okay right here right here right here right here okay anybody else mental confusion can you just come to the front can you just come to the front yeah lot for one room okay this is something the Lord is gonna fix okay he's gonna fix this thing I need some oil I don't normally ask for that but if you have it that would be helpful If you're dealing with mental confusion, okay? Let me just kind of get an eyeball on what's happening here. All right. Uh, okay. So I'm going to pray for you, okay? And we're going we're to break this off of you. Because remember, we just talked to you what you're redeemed from, okay? And you just stood up. I think most of you said, I'm all in. Okay, everything I've, I've been holding back from God, I'm giving it back. All right, so so this is going to break off of you. It's going to break off. All right, 
based on the blood of Jesus. And I'm just gonna simply pray for you. Just simply pray for you. We're gonna agree together, okay? You have the mind of Christ, which is total peace. I'm super oily. Okay, all right, all right. I'm probably gonna start over here. I'm gonna start over here, okay? All right. So Lord, I just thank you. Lord, her mind is healed.
identify you know I want you to just repeat after me just and put your hands over your head and just say I have the mind of Christ I'm not confused I'm not confused I think right I think, I think right. straight I think straight I think as he thinks I think as he so Lord I just thank you that you are illuminating every mind in this room Lord that even Lord there's an awakening of intelligence and creativity here in the name of Jesus even the ability to see and grasp what you are saying in whole new realms and dimensions of your spirit of your Holy Spirit that there is a freedom here there's a freedom in the mind there's a freedom to think it is it is a redemption it is a redemption it's recompense we just thank you Heavenly Father we thank you Lord that the minds are being restored no more doubting what's what my thoughts are what's going on in there Lord, just shut down every demonic voice, everything that's been thrown at the minds in this place. And shut it down in Jesus' name. In Jesus' powerful name. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Lord, we take our minds back. We take it back. We take it back. It's covenant. It's covenant. Thank you, Lord. Let's just worship Him, okay? Let's just worship Him. Worship him. Thank you, Jesus.
rejoice that we live in an everlasting covenant that you have made with us, Lord. And we know you are faithful, Lord. You are faithful, Lord. You are never ending in your faithfulness to us, Lord, but you invite us to respond in faithfulness to you, Lord. We thank you, Father, even as Janice shared, Lord, just the weightiness of covenant, Lord. Father, we just pray even that you would seal upon our hearts, Lord, the the weightiness of that covenant, Lord, that you have called us into, Lord, that we would respond rightly, Lord, that we would live rightly, God. Because you are worthy, Lord. You're a good father to your children. You're a good husband to your bride your body, the church. And Lord, our desire is to be honourable children, Lord, to be good children to you, Lord, and to be an honourable bride, Lord. We thank you, Father, you are calling your bride to step into honour, Lord. And we respond and we say, yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Father, I just pray you would just seal in the work that you accomplished this morning. Father, we thank you for the flow-on effect into tonight, Lord, but as the foundation has been laid, you're so good. You're so good to us, Lord. And we love you and we bless you in Jesus' name.